0: Good morning. How y'all doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing really, I'm just stoked. I love seeing y'all, I love seeing, we have so many people that are so involved and I just, just do so much sacrifice and I'm so thankful to all of those people who you've, you've chosen. I want to be involved here and it's such a blessing. I've been, a, normally I'm here worshiping, but for the past 30 minutes I've been out handing out bulletins and watching these kids, the toddler room they got like just a, uh, just a whack amount of toddlers in there. And there's tons of them. And my son is in there and uh, just kind of watching him and watching all of these kids learn. Uh, that I just that, that fills my sails. So I, I want to say thank you so very much for all of y'all who serve week in and week out. Uh, y'all are such a blessing. Next week we're going to be starting a series called The Game of Life. How many of y'all got something in the mail this past week about The Game of Life? All right, all two of you, very good. Um, We're going to be talking about the book of Proverbs. We're going to be going through the book of Proverbs, which is probably one of my most favorite books in the Bible. Um, And uh, every time, every morning when I get up and I read my Bible, I usually read Proverbs. And uh, I so love Proverbs. That's going to be so much fun. Uh, This week, we're continuing and actually ending our series on our house. We talked about last week that one church is set up like a house. We have a foyer where guests are invited, we have a living room that um, we are the, the guests become friends, and then we have a kitchen where the friends become family. Last week, we talked about the foyer to a great extent, and we said that everybody is invited, that we want to have our Sunday morning time at church for everybody to be invited in the foyer environment. Uh, and how we want to put all of the rungs so low so that everybody can get on board. The second environment we're going to talk about today, or actually going to be talking about two, is living room and kitchen. You know, uh, living room is where not so much where you're hooking up with new people, but it's where you're making friends. It's designed so that you can connect and you can start to build relationships. Uh, when somebody comes to the foyer, you say, "Great, glad to have you here, but you don't stay in the foyer for long, do you? in your house. you come through the year and let's go sit down on the couch. And you sit down on the couch and you start to understand your stories and you start to connect with one another. Here at one church we have one environment that is a living room environment now, but we have two more that we're going to be starting in the next couple of months. The first living room environment that we have now is our service teams. Uh, I'm amazed so many times you, if you choose to get involved you will connect and you will make friends with other people. Just in the past three weeks, I've met people at one church I've not met before. Uh, Eric and Dave. Eric and Dave a couple weeks ago helped us uh, move our offices from downtown to here. We had like tons of people here, but Eric and Dave were two people that were just such a blessing. I met Eric and his wife this morning, and I saw Dave this morning as well. Just so awesome being able to connect with people you serve with. Um, I remember Billy and Ty. Billy and Ty kind of help up. Uh, help with, with set up and tear down, and they're such a blessing. Ty's home at sick right now, and so Billy is at home as well. So y'all be praying for Billy and Ty this morning. But Billy and Ty, are a group of, they're a, a dad and a son team that kind of gets here at 7 o'clock in the morning, and they help set up all of this stuff. Rachel and Tara last week, or a couple weeks ago, they helped me put out pins so that you can be able to write on the communication card. Uh, you meet people whom you serve with. And, uh, in fact, next week we're going to be starting our push for everyone to be involved in at least one ministry. And just as we did a few uh, months ago, everybody that chooses to be involved is going to get a t-shirt, going to get a free t-shirt. And um, we want everybody to be involved and at least have at least one ministry. But that's a great way to get to know people, is to serve alongside. Another uh, living room environment that we're going to be starting in February next month in a couple of days is called Commune. And commune is simply this. It's our membership class. It's where you learn more about one church. It's a a one-time, three-hour class that you can kind of come hang out and learn about one church. It's also where you can learn how to have a quiet time and uh, learn how to tell your story. It's going to be fun. Next living room environment is this, a starting point. And starting point is where you can show up and where you uh, answer any of your questions you have about God and the Bible. If you're just kind of starting in this thing or maybe you're a returner, You've been out of church for a while. Um, you can come to Starting Point. Starting Point is going to be happening on Sunday mornings in a couple of months at our new offices. We're going to be starting this March 2nd, I believe that's right. So, um, but living room is where you show up and you can start to become friends with people. I, I, that's pretty much all I want to say about that. I want to spend the rest of the message talking about this next environment because this next environment is really what everything happens here at One Church. It's not in the big group that I get so excited about it's in the small group it's in a kitchen table environment so I'm gonna sit on my kitchen chair I'm gonna pull up the kitchen table we're gonna have a just a a talk about what it means to be in community because in the kitchen environment is where the friends become family I don't know about in your home or in your house but We do our family business around the kitchen table. Uh, We do homework around the kitchen table. We talk about report card grades around the kitchen table. We eat together as a family. But that's really where family life happens for us. It's really not in the living room. And it's definitely not in the foyer. It's around that kitchen and table environment where all of us as family can hang out and we can eat together and we can talk about one another's day. And it's really where we go down deep in relationships. Where that happens here at one church is in our community groups. This is where everybody can be family. Because if you really think about it, we're lonely people. We're isolated. Many times we keep people at arm's length and we're like islands and we just never touch. We don't connect with people anymore. We're not close to people. I mean, think about this you can get up in the morning. You can go out into your garage, start your vehicle, open the garage door, back up, drive to work, go to your cubicle, work 9 to 5 or 7 to 6, and then you go home, you get in your car, you drive home, you pull in the garage, and you pull the garage door down, and you never, ever have to interact with anyone. And that's where most Americans are at today. We're lonely. We're isolated. Listen to these statistics that one out of every four Americans, 25% of all Americans, say they had no, zero close friends. Last week, we had a little over 300 people here. If you do one out of every four of those don't have any close friends, what does that say about us? We're lonely. We're isolated. When things happen in our lives, we can't connect with one another because we have no one to connect with. Listen to this. Um, Over 50% named two or fewer Close people that they can talk to And most of those were family members Most of those were family members Do you know where really Real community happens Many times it's not in the church Look at this next clip This is where community happens All around America See if you can remember
1: this Making your way in the world today Takes everything you've got Taking a break from all your worries Sure would help a lot Wouldn't you like to get away
0: better job at community than we at the church do because we have a tendency to get people so busy that they can't connect go to a place where everybody knows your name where everybody has the same troubles you have and the same and they talk about it they don't just put on a mask but they actually talk about the stuff that's kicking out the slats of their life we believe that the best place the place where that happens here at our church is in community groups. That's why our end result here is not just the Sunday morning environment, but it is that kitchen table environment where it's not just getting involved, it's not just just having the surface relationships, but where everybody not only knows your name, but they know your story. They know how you got to this point. They know your dreams. They know your failures. They know your fears. They know your aspirations. That happens in community group. Now, what is a community grou- group? A community group is simply this, is, is where we have 12 to 14 people, 6 to 7 couples or 12 to 14 singles, where they do life together in a predictable environment, where they, it, it's in a closed group, where they meet for 12, sometimes 18 months, and they work on relationships. They work on getting to know Not just your name, but the stuff that's down deep. Because we really believe here at this church that life change takes place best in small groups. I believe that life change happens in the context of a structured relationship where there's life on life. Where there's relationship on relationship and a consistency and a sense of accountability. Where the people are able to ask you some hard questions about what you're doing and how you're doing it. But our tendency is this, to shy away from that. Our tendency is to keep our spiritual life private, to divorce our internal spiritual lives with the external stuff. There's a tendency to think that there's God in me and there's me in in God. And I pray to God sometimes, and sometimes God, most of the times he doesn't, but sometimes he answers my prayer and he kind of shows up But really, God's on Sunday morning and my real life happens Monday through Saturday. Our tendency is to do this. We have God, and then we have our business, and then we have parenting, and then we have our marriage, and we have our friendships, and our social, and and they really don't connect. You would be amazed to say that the Bible does not speak highly of that. In fact, the Bible speaks against that, that everything, is sacred. Everything should be godly. Because our tendency is to do this. Even though our relationship with God is very personal, it was never intended to be private. And that's our big idea for this morning. That even though our relationship with God is very, very personal, it was never intended to be private. It was never intended just to keep it to ourselves. I mean, think about this, guys. I mean, because girls do a better job than this. If you have a fear if you have a worry, who do you talk to? The person in the next cubicle at work, in the next office? Who, do you, who are you able to go to and say, you know what, I'm struggling in this area. I'm worried about finances. I'm worried about my marriage. Um, where do you go? We say, you know what, I, I have a 14-year-old son who is whacked out, and I want to kill him. Where, where do you go to talk about stuff like that? It's probably not at work. There has to be a place where you're able to do life on life and you're able to just say, you know, this is me and this is my warts and all and this is me being real. And for somebody to accept you. So as, as as a pastor, I, I, I just hear so many times somebody will come to me after the service or I meet them somewhere and they'll say this. Chris, you know... I, this has happened in my life and there's been such a tragedy here and I, I just, I'm, I'm struggling in this area and you know, my, my, all this stuff. And, and I ask them this question, is there a group of people you're doing this with that are able to come alongside you to help you out? And I hear over and over again and through the tears, no, I have no one. I have no one. The kitchen table environment is all about community. It's about coming together in a predictable group, the same group, for a year or more to study God's Word and to pray, where you get accountability, belonging, and care. That doesn't happen in here. It happens around the kitchen environment. Uh, just to think, well, maybe you just kind of made this small group stuff up or whatever. This is actually in the Bible. If you would, if, uh, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews is a really hard book to find. Uh, It's in the New Testament. It's close to the end, but if you get to Revelation and Maps, you've gone too far. 1 John, still gone too far. James, you've gone too far. Hebrews is in there. And Hebrews was a book written to the. (laughs) Isn't it amazing? It's amazing how sometimes things make sense. Matthew was a book of the Bible written by. Wow! Welcome to One Church, where you too can be a Bible scholar. All right. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. there's a cool word here that if you have a teenager um, and they're driving, you will appreciate this word. All right? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Ready? Let us hold unswervingly. That's a good. I don't even think that's a word. Uh, I, you know, this, they had this little Greek word. they didn't know how to translate it into English, so I think they just made something up. So unswervingly, swervingly is this, right? Everybody do this with me. A little bit of hand motions. Good, good. Unswerving is what? That's right. Absolutely. All right. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we professed. For he who is promised is faithful. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. Here's what the author is saying. Do you want to be consistent in your walk with God? Do you want to be consistent in your marriage? Do you want to be consistent in parenting? Do you want to be consistent in how you run your business? Do you want to see consistency and look back a year from now and you've gotten farther now than you ever have been in the past and you're farther closer to God than you ever have been? you want to see consistency? I might have been a little off to the left, but overall I was unswerving. If you do, look at this next part, verse 24. And let us consider. Let's stop right there, and. That word and is a connector. It means, hey, if you want to be unswerving, then you need to do this. And and let us consider. It, it, they're not independent thoughts here. They're connected. And let us consider how we may spur. Let us consider how we may spur. In other word, nag, prod, bug, um, motivate, challenge, encourage. Let us consider how we can spur one another on towards love, and good deeds. That's a powerful combination. That's a one-two punch. He's saying you want to be unswerving in your convictions. You've made some, some decisions about entertainment or some values or your finances. You want to be unswerving in your walk with God and how you read the Bible, how you pray. You want to be unswerving and consistent in your marriage. You don't want to get off weird to the left or you want to be unswerving. Then you, you must do this you must hook up relationally with a group of people whom you've empowered that is you've given them permission to ask you some questions on some key areas of your life that means this isn't a lone ranger thing this isn't just a you and god thing you are to bring all of this you and god stuff to the public because even though your relationship with god is very personal it's never intended to be private It's meant to go public with so that somebody can spur you on to consistency with God. Let me stress this. Some of you, I know I've talked to some of you, and some of you have just began a relationship with Christ. I mean, just in the past week or two weeks, maybe in the past few months, you've just started a relationship with Christ. And this is what you're thinking. I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can be unswerving. I don't think I can be consistent. I'm not that good. I don't know enough. I can't do this on my own. And let me tell you this. It's, it's, it's a secret. You're going to have to lean in just a little bit. You can't. You can't do this on your own. Because you will swerve. And you will be inconsistent. What the writer of Hebrews is saying is that if you want consistency and you want to look back two years from now and you're farther along in your process and your walk with God, then you've got to hook up with somebody. You got to do life together with a group of people whom you have given them the permission to ask the questions that nobody's really asking
1: you right now.
0: You got to do that. This author of Hebrews is writing to brand new Christians who were Jewish, had all this tradition and they said you can't do it. You just you can't do it. It's too rough, it's too tough. The Christian life is a is a group effort. It's a team sport. It's an all-skate. It's something that you do together. There is no show, it's just me and Jesus. No. It's not just you and Jesus. We need other people. If it was just you and Jesus, when you entered into a relationship with God, He'd have just taken you off His earth. And it had just been you and Jesus. But it's more than that. He, He has built you as a relational being so that you can have community. So that you can have community. Let me say it this way. If you look at a person, and from the outside in, they're consistent. The outside in, I mean, they're not perfect, but 99% of the time, they're, I mean, they're growing in their walk with the Lord. They're getting farther in their walk with God than what they were, and they're, they're having consistent habits and consistent parenting. And I will tell you nine times out of ten that that person has hooked up relationally with another person. Let's say that you, that somebody else who's a Christian who knows all the right answers, has all the right doctrine and all of this stuff, but every time temptation comes, is always falling and always failing. I'll tell you, I, I, nine times out of ten, there's a person that's not hooked up relationally with another person, has not chosen to do life together with a group of people. Somebody who's not yet connected meaningfully in relationships. The Christian life is very personal, but it's never intended to be private. The reason why I'm so committed to this is because I am a screwed-up individual. I am a messed-up person. I don't have my act together. You, see, you think I do because you see me here, and there's all this distance, and you only see me for one hour. My wife sees me 24-7. She can tell you, all right? And I need people. I need a person. I need people around me that say, you know what? How are you doing in this area of your life? I'm so committed to this that before we even started the church, I was hooked up relationally with a group of people that were holding me accountable, a group of guys that I still meet with. And, and they ask me those tough questions. Uh, I, I've been in a community group for the past eight weeks, and I've got to be honest with you. It was awesome. A communion group does three things together. They open God's Word, they pray, they share. Um, it's so wonderful what happens, and I believe that's where life change takes place best. You know, the thing I like about it is this is there's a clear step. Now that I've kind of showed you the four-year living room and kitchen, y'all are in the four year right now, but you know where that next step is. Okay, I can get involved. That's the next step. I can get involved in membership. That's the next step. I can get involved in a starting point group. That's the next step. And then from there, there's a next step after the living room. I can be in that kitchen environment where I can be and do family life together in a community group. There's that next step. There's that next process. It all flows together. The second thing I love about community groups is it's a place where I can be real. Let me just tell you about my community group that we've been meeting with. Um, everything's confidential, so I'm not going to mention anybody's names, but let me tell you what's happened in the past eight weeks. Um, uh, we have moved offices. That's been a little stressful. Um, and, and since we've started, uh, we uh, have a have a, a month old. What do you call that? Uh, his name's Bing. Um, and uh, we've had another couple in that group that just had a baby. We had an, another couple who's um, dead, uh, hurt his back, and uh, we've been praying for. We've had another couple say, you know what, I, this is where I want to go in our marriage, and this is our goal, and our marriage is great, but it can be better. We've had another couple who's not from here. They're from overseas, and we've been praying for them about uh, extenuation of a green card so that they can stay here. have another couple who, um, they have children of their own, but they also have other children in their in the house that they're loving on. And some have uh, some needs that and, and some issues that they've been uh, struggling with, and they've we've been praying with them through that, and uh, one of them got admitted to the hospital like a month month and a half ago and I mean there's been a lot of change in our group, not people change, but life change and I got to be honest with you if we were doing it alone, I would have been a basket case and i got here's just me being real sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh." I mean, I'm struggling here, and I'm struggling in my faith, and I'm struggling in my walk. And, you know, as a pastor, you've got to have the right place to doubt. I can't doubt here on Sunday morning because everybody's going, if he's doubting, then I, I don't know about, you know. But, I, 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 you know, I see God, I know he's real, but sometimes I think, where is he real in my life? But I'm able to go to group, and I'm able to see what God is doing in this couple's life, in this couple's life, and in this couple's life, and in this. And I go, wow, God is really moving. He's really moving, and He wants to move in me. I truly believe that there's things that happen in my life that would not happen apart if I was not a part of a group. Um, I know I'm preaching about this a, a lot today, but I, I'm just going to be real and honest with you. This is where it happens in our church. Some of you say, you know, where's, where's Sunday school? We, don't, we really don't do Sunday school. The movie theater doesn't really lend itself to Sunday school. But our way we connect with people is in small group. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to get into a group. Today is the last day you can sign up for small groups. Go to the community group table. See Danny. See Andy. And they will get you involved. Now, let's say you signed up for a small group last uh, quarter. Let me see if you, if you raise your hands. Okay. Thank you. All right. Everybody that signed up for a small group last quarter, you need to re-sign. All All right. You need to sign your name on there, and if you're going to stick with your same small group, just put the, put the name of the small group down there. If not, say, hey, here's my times. Uh, my, my wife and I, we're going to either do Sunday, Wednesday, or Thursday. That's our options, because those are the best days of the week for us. Uh, and to be honest with you, Thursday is really all not that great um, because of my son and homework and all this stuff. You know how it is. You know how life is. We're busy. But I so believe in this, that this, I, I would not, th- this is what we're all about. You've heard me preach about it enough. I want you to hear a person talk about what small group has meant to them. This is Janice Bowling, and uh, listen to Janice now.
1: Hey there, my name is Janice, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about community groups. My daughter and I moved here from Virginia in the fall and joined a community group of ladies, not really knowing exactly what to expect. But fortunately for us, God had a purpose for us being there. We came from Virginia to Clarksville, Tennessee, and these women just totally engulfed us and brought us in and accepted us as if we had been their friends for life. And we really appreciate that. My daughter's story is especially a good one because her husband was in Iraq. And while he was gone, these women were wonderful support for her She is going to go to Germany in the spring, and several of them have been in Germany, and they have been giving her all kinds of good advice. I think she's probably the best part of the story. She had been away from the Lord for a long time, and the love of these women and this community group, I really believe, has brought her into a much deeper walk with the Lord. She moved to Texas about a month ago, and the women in our community group sent her a card. They're staying in touch with her, and she just appreciates that so much. I would really encourage you to be involved in a small body of Christ like this. It's just such a good place to find friends and to see people who really love you for who you are and accept you and bring you in. Thank you so much, Janice. Let's
0: give Janice a hand. That is so awesome. (laughs) Here's what I know about you. You don't want to swerve. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards loving good deeds. Could it be if you look back in your life, in some of the biggest mistakes, your biggest failure, that biggest weekend, that biggest lease option you did that biggest decision that biggest whatever that you look back and you say oh i wish i would not could it have been that that biggest oh biggest mistake could have been prevented had you been doing life together with a group of people i pray as we leave and as we end i know you're busy I know i 'm busy, but I know what god's Word says, and god 's word is true that if we want to be consistent in our walk with God, we must hook up and spur one another on towards love and good deeds let 's pray, Lord. I thank you so much that um Lord, that I need people um that i I know I don't have it all together, and I know none of us here have it all together. None of us here are perfect. But, Lord, I know, Lord, that you've given us the body. You've given us all these people around us. Lord, that we can be able to, to do this thing called life, not separately or apart, but that we're able to lock hands and that we're able to meet on a Monday or a Wednesday or a Friday night or a Tuesday night and we're able to have communion and we're able to read the Bible and pray and talk about stuff. Lord, I thank you so much for my community group, Lord. And I just pray that the experience that I've experienced, Lord, that everybody here will be able to experience the wonderful freedom it is to have friends. We love you. It. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.